0: in our faith journey, we know that it's God who initiates the movement. And if your experience is anything like mine, when God speaks, uh, we're never the same. Um, there is this kind of awareness that the Spirit of God is moving, and once we become aware that, that, that God is real and that God is actually interested and that God is actually moving in my life, there's also this awareness that I can no longer stay in the same place. Um, there's a disturbance in the soul that we become restless, and uh, oftentimes it's, it's in the form of, of this uh, deep longing. It's, it's kind of a hope, like I, I have this longing to, to be something better than what I am, this, this desire to know God. And uh, not only to know this beauty, but to become this beauty, that God has just opened our eyes and given us the ability to see. And as we come to know God, we, we come to, to know that God has no qualms about en- encroaching uh, into our comfort zones. And what happens is is, um, God begins to whisper. And even shout and, and, and point to the horizon. Well, that's what God does to Abram. Uh, the Lord said to Abram, I, I want you to go. I want to, you to go from your country. I want you to go from your kindred. I want you to go from your father's house. Go to a land that I will show you. Well, that's really clear. But the crazy thing is, Abram goes. Verse 4 says, and and Abram went, uh, as the Lord had said. Uh, It's quite remarkable, actually, Uh, unless, of course, Abram's country and his family aren't all that, you know, like, okay, I'm not going to miss the family reunions kind of thing, but but I don't think that was the case. Uh, There's not a whole lot that that we know about Ur of the Chaldeans. Uh, There's some scholarly debate about exactly where it is, um, but there was this discovery, archaeological discovery in 1922 that, that thinks that, that the Ur that's being talked about as, as Abraham's home, Abraham's country, um, is is in Iraq, kind of at the, at the head of, of the Persian Gulf, and with the ex- excavations and the relics that were found, it, it just reveals what life was like during the age of the patriarchs, uh, and it's actually pretty sweet. They had, like, harbors and... Uh, storehouses. They've found palaces and these huge private homes and, and just hundreds and hundreds of, of gold artifacts. And there's these royal cemeteries and, and, and on and on it goes. And I'm like, so that might not have been such a bad place to, to, to live. And that's the place that uh, God asked Abraham to leave. We know a little bit about Abram's family. Uh, Terah was his dad. Uh, Abram had uh, two brothers, Nahor and Haran. Or Haran. Um, his his brother Haran uh, died, I think, at a relatively young age, and um, Abram took care of his nephew Lot, Haran's son. Uh, I don't know. Maybe became like a, a second father to him, or at least a really cool uncle. Uh, but it, it says to me that, uh, that they were close. Abram and Nahor took wives, and uh, Nahor married, uh, married uh, Milkiah, and uh, as we know, Abram uh, married Sarai. The author of the story makes it a point to let us know that Sarai was barren. And that's an important part of this story, because this story is a story of promise. Uh, this is a journey of of promise. So, God tells Abraham to go and then promises three things. And the promises are important, especially because the calling is so obscure. It's like being called into the fog and you don't know exactly where you're going. And you got to have something to hold on to. The first promise that, that God gives is this promise of a family. And, th- and that's a significant promise. When, when we think about what we learned about Sarah, um, that means that uh, with God, nothing is impossible. Um, I, I promise, God says, that you're going to be a, a great nation. It's this this promise uh, to multiply. It's this promise of a family. Uh, the second promise that, that God makes is blessing. And, and one of the things that we discover on our journey, and it starts right here at the beginning, is that, that blessing is central to the whole story, even leading up to today. So God says, um, Go and, and I and I will bless you. And not only will you and your family be blessed, God gives the scope of it. Like all of the families of the earth, all families uh, are, are going to be blessed because of you. That's the promise that, that God makes. Uh, the third promise that God makes in in, in this story uh, is, is the promise of land. And so Abraham is is on his way, and and we read from our text for today in verse 6, it says, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, this is the part that always catches me, and I'm just going to have to be completely honest with you. I have just always had deep trouble with the whole land grab thing. I mean, it says that the Canaanites were already there. There were families already there. I mean, it disturbed me when when we moved to Cherokee when I was a kid and when I learned the the story of of the Cherokee people and then of of native people in general and and the land grab that happened there and the destruction that that happened there. the land. I, when you play this out, that leads to what I think is one of the most disturbing stories in the Old Testament, and that's the story of Jericho. I, I know that you know it. Um, you sang songs about it when you were a kid. If you were like me, you know, Joshua and the battle of Jericho, and, and on and on, and the walls come tumbling down. And um, I went to a, a concert at uh, Marshall College, and There was this huge choir, and that was one of the numbers that they sang, and it was powerful. It filled that auditorium, and it just kind of lifted you, and it was amazing. But the whole time they're singing this Battle of Jericho song, uh, it's just gnawing inside of me that this is just a a really dark story, you know, because you know, in that story, um, the Lord says, destroy the city destroy all the men and destroy all the women and destroy the babies and destroy the animals. It's like all of this destruction. I had a professor who said, well you know the reason is because uh, the the citizens of Jericho were so wicked and so evil. And I try to sit with that and I think that's justifying genocide. I have a real hard time with that. In fact this story is about this promise of blessing not a promise of, of genocide. And so It's just really complicated. You know when I say that the Bible is a complicated book, that's what I'm talking about. And if it weren't for this very first thing that we talked about today, that when um, our faith journey begins, it begins because God initiates the movement and God speaks into our lives and God becomes real and we're never the same. That is critical for me because if it weren't for that reality, then I'd really have trouble with stuff like this. But there is this promise of land. And where I go with that today, with all the complicated stuff kind of put to the side for now, is I, I go back to the creation story in Genesis. Um, in, in Genesis chapter 2, um, this this second account of, of the creation, um, it says, There was there was no one to till the ground. And then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And, in the, and, and the Lord God planted a garden in the east, and there He put the man in whom He had formed, and then out of the ground the Lord began to grow things. Now, this, this Hebrew word, adamah, that's the word that's translated ground. And that's the word that's translated land. And that's where the man, Adam, was formed out of the dust, out of the Adamah. And then it says that the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. God gives the man the ground. The crazy thing is, it's like this this word, it's the same word that we find in the blessing. God says, I will bless you, and in you, all the families of the earth, of the Adama, of the ground, will be blessed because you're there. So God says to Abram, go. And Abram goes with, with Sarah, his wife and with his nephew Lot, and they become pilgrims, maybe the first pilgrims. You know, pilgrims are, are, are people on the move. Um, they, they strike out. It's usually, um, there's a spiritual significance. There's, there's this destination. Oftentimes it's to a, a sacred place or a holy shrine. A lot of times they have to, to, to cross borders, um, go into to some unknown place, uh, and they're transformed by this journey. In in medieval times, um, pilgrims would go and they kind of had this understanding that that this pilgrimage and that this journey, um, if they did it, they would would experience things like uh, forgiveness of sin or miraculous cure of a disease or a lot of times they thought, if I go on this pilgrimage, if I take this journey, if I become this pilgrim, then my chances of, of getting into heaven are a whole lot easier. Well, you know... The scope of God's call for us is so much larger than that. I mean, God does meet us. God does transform our soul. God does heal our bodies. But in that moment, we realize that um, you know, God's call doesn't end just because it got better here at my place. God's call is to the nations, it's to the families, it's to the ends of the earth. And so, uh, God nudges us out the door, and we go. As we enter this season of Lent together, it's good to remember that we are pilgrims, whether we're just moving across the room or across the street or whether we're journeying across the globe. You know, from the very beginning, God has summoned people to go or, or, to, or to follow. And it seems that the, the the journey is never easy. I think Ash Wednesday reminds us of that. You know, Ash Wednesday is, is about our... Um, remembering our mortality, our, our sin, uh, our brokenness. And, and our journey, uh, it begins, the Lenten journey begins on Ash Wednesday. And we fill our, our bowl with, with dirt. And we hear God whisper to Adam, Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I like the way Scott said it, he says, you know, uh, this is the ground of of our mortality, but it is also the ground of hope, of of promise, like stuff grows here. This is the place where we plant seeds and become, you know, so uh, today our, our Lenten journey begins and we travel together were pilgrims on the way discovering to Easter and beyond